For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Good evening and welcome to today's Entrepreneur presented by F.L. Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar along with F.L.'s Josh Miller. Good evening, Josh. Hello, Dan. And this evening we're talking about marketing, uh, social media and on the web with uh, Natasha and Jonathan Lowney of Maramel Solutions. They'll be with us in a few minutes. You know it well, Dan. That is uh, part of what you do every day. And uh, it's been a it's been a kind of a recurring topic uh, on the show lately. There's a lot of stuff happening online, a lot of people that want to brand online. This is just a, another B2B group uh, with a great story, and they're second generation, so that should be interesting too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's always new challenges for entrepreneurs uh, when it comes to social media. There's always someone out there creating some kind of challenge for someone. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. And second generation too, you know, being a second generation business taking over from your dad uh, is also can be challenging, can be rewarding, you know, a lot of lessons to be learned. And uh, and in the, the last part of the show, we'll have Nick Moretis here and we'll talk about uh, kind of the tax challenges of transferring a business over to the second generation. We were talking about uh, this story, actually. We'll start with uh, some entrepreneurial news uh, during the Aaron Rand Show and uh, big data and artificial intelligence and this emerging tech sector uh, that is actually becoming quite big in Montreal. Um, This article in the Financial Post is about the rise of big data and uh, GIS-based business, that is to say, geographic information systems. Um, so kind of all the same grouping of, uh, of industries. Uh, this is uh, becoming more and more uh, popular industry in, in Canada. You know, we've spoken about the Internet of Things and big data uh, before on the program, and there's no doubt that the marketers of the world, the retailers of the world, and e-tailers of the world, this is huge information. This is information that supplies to them, that gives them the direction and the and the, almost the di- the direct access to a customer group that's buying online because if you can follow the trends of your consumer and it's so much easier to follow the trends you know you have a smartphone there's location enabled and and they know exactly what websites you're going to they know the trends they know what you like to buy they know what time of day you go to these things it's amazing the data that gets captured uh, you know there's there's a little bit of I don't want to say privacy infringement, uh, so some some people might think it's a little bit intrusive, but the reality is, if you don't want it, then turn the features off off from your smartphone. But if you're not going to turn them off, then they can make for huge, positive, and far-reaching data for any person selling on the web or otherwise. And I and I think it's uh, for those that can take advantage of it, for those that can hire an outside service, because uh, it's not easy to do exactly on your own. But for those uh, entrepreneurs that can hire that outside service and that can track their ultimate consumers, what a huge benefit it could be for them. Mm-hmm. Um, also in the news today, there's uh, an interesting partnership brewing uh, haha, between brewing, yeah. McCafe, uh, McDonald's Coffee, and uh, WestJet. And it's, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of companies that can do exclusive deals that try and look for it. You certainly, when you have two big players, it's easier to make a deal. The entrepreneurs, it's a little bit harder. But I'll tell you, the entrepreneurs do have the ability to make the deals. We've had Felix Norton on air before several times, and they're able to make a deal with Transat to have their product served on their airline as a as a dessert for it. So it's not out of the realm of possibility for the entrepreneur to make that deal. But you got to be shrewd. You got to be savvy. You have to have your foot in the door, and then you got to make sure make sure the deal works for you. You got to make sure that your contracts and the the legalese and the paperwork 
all work out well because if it's not worked out properly, you might be left holding the bag of not something very good. This interesting piece from Inc.com, um, four ways to make your business leaner, uh, especially for startups. And uh, let's go through each point real quick. Uh, number one, make decisions quickly. Absolutely. I'll say the, the, converse is, the converse is absolutely, make your decisions quickly, go into it, know what you're doing in, but if it doesn't work, get out equally as quickly because to have a problem linger does not help at all, especially when you're starting out in business. You have no time and energy and resources to waste. Number two, know what can wait. It falls along the lines of knowing what you don't know. An entrepreneur cannot know everything. And knowing your limitations and knowing what you can and can't do and should or shouldn't do is also important. Sometimes entrepreneurs can be impulsive, but if you can distinguish between what you really should attack right away and know what's a little bit less important and what you can leave on the side, that's huge too. Know what, know where not to waste your time and what can wait. Number three, constantly run tests. Never underestimate focus groups. Never underestimate uh, the ability for somebody else to give you constructive criticism. Along the same lines, the entrepreneur cannot know it all. Can be bright, can be genius. You can have your own little superpower if you want, but you still can't know it all. Everybody has their 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 limits and what they know. So go find out. Go see what works. Go talk to people. Go run tests, and and then you'll. You'll find out what works. We've had so many entrepreneurs on air that have run so many tests. Look at Pure Vodka. I think it was their 25th recipe that that worked for them. I mean, they did 26 or 27. They went back to 25. Mm. But they did so many recipes just like, you know, whether it's the Felix Nortons of the world, whether it's the, the, the craft breweries that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Run your tests. See what works. The people know. The people will guide you. Yeah, and I think uh, Nick Duvernois from Pure Vodka, I mean, people thought he was crazy spending a couple of years of his life trying to concoct the perfect vodka, and then he went on to win all these awards, and then, yeah, then off you go. So. It pays off. Uh, and number four, think twice before hiring. I think you want to, uh, and it falls along the lines of the first ones as well, think twice before hiring, make sure you have the right candidate in front of you. It's not always about the skill set. We've heard time and time again from entrepreneurs, and we're we're equally to, to blame or to credit is hire for attitude, hire for character, make sure it's the right fit because if it's because if you're you have a brilliant person, they have all the skill sets, but they are a poison because they're not the right character fit, it can absolutely damage your business. So you can take your time and hire properly, but if it's not working, recognize it right away and let them go. Don't let the poison fester. Another interesting uh, piece uh, from Inc.com, ways to prepare your business for the really big one or any disaster. Um, what are some things that, uh, that you think entrepreneurs should prepare for uh, to avoid uh, a collapse of business for, any, uh, for, for a number of reasons? First of all, Dan, I think this is one of the areas that entrepreneurs rarely think of. I think this is one of the things that they just don't plan for, uh, disaster recovery. What happens if there's a fire? What happens if there's a monster disaster? What happens if there's an economic meltdown? What happens if your if your whole data is lost because of major power failure? What happens if a plane hits a building that you're in? There are so many things that could go wrong. Thankfully, it's remote or it's low probability, but disaster recovery plans I find are absolutely and utterly ignored uh, to a great degree in the entrepreneurial population. If we actually surveyed the 150, 200 entrepreneurs that we've, that we've had on air, Dan, I would be really surprised if, if more than a handful of them 
actually had a disaster recovery plan. So what can you do? What are some of the some of the big things that you can kind of think about? There's no question everybody thinks of the online data and the and the servers and all that. So of course, back it up. You know, have your backups. I think that's probably one of the things that entrepreneurs and businesses do the most out of all this is they they do back up. What I don't think they do is test their backup. I think they I think they, you know, they have these servers offline or they have these tapes if you're if you're a little bit more in the older fashion and they back up, but they don't always test their backup. So I think that's that's one of it. I think there's also you know, a question of communication. If something goes wrong, how do you communicate with your people? How do you communicate with your customers? I mean, you're in the communication world, Dan. You you should know that if something goes wrong, you got to have some plan to communicate with with everybody that's in your in your environmental and entrepreneurial sphere. Totally. I, we do PR, that which includes internal communications, because these days with social media, I mean, if you have a PR crisis, you can't have your people tweeting out about it or, or taking pictures from inside the business. So, you, you know, yeah, it's increasingly important to, to make people aware of those social media challenges, which I'm sure we're going to bring up with our next guests. And, and if you can't communicate online, you have to think of other ways to find people. You know, if your whole system is down and you can't send an email... Well, then find a ways to text, find a ways to go to a, a separate chat room. If some building's falling down, find a corner to meet on, find an alternate way to, to get through to your, to your team, to your employees. Uh, and that's just a few things. Disaster recovery plans encompass so much more. And at least if you're starting to think about it, you're already halfway there. Real quick, what about fake clients or secret shoppers? Uh, I think, you know, that comes back to the testing your product, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think it's it's great to test your people, test your product without them knowing about it. Uh, I think it's honest. I think they, they really get the, the firsthand uh, feedback of what it is. Uh, I actually would love to be a mystery shopper myself. I, I, I'm a little bit critical at times, so maybe that, I don't know if that's good or bad, uh, but, I, but I think it gives you some real feedback and uh, I'm actually all for it. Coming up next, we'll chat with our entrepreneur profiles for this evening, uh, Natasha and Jonathan Lowney of Maramel Solutions. They're our social media and web uh, development uh, organization, so we'll talk about them in with them in just a moment. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL's Josh Miller with you on today's Entrepreneur. And this evening, let's uh, welcome our guests, Natasha and Jonathan Lowney of Maramel Solutions. Uh, brother and sister team, guys, welcome to today's Entrepreneur. Hi, thank welcome. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Uh, thank you for being here. So first question, the easiest, uh, what is Maramel Solutions? Uh, so Maramel is a digital agency, uh, and that means that we specialize in creating marketing material for the online world. Uh, so we offer services such as web development, social media marketing, uh, design, branding, um, video, and photography. Now, how did you guys, you are second generation because I know yeah. it's radio. Nobody can see, you know, how youthful you <laughs> represent uh, life here. Uh, but certainly, uh, so where where did you guys jump into this and and uh, what started this for you in the, in the family? So, um, so as you know, we're brother and sister. Uh, our dad st- started it in 2010. Uh, he was a film production background, but he always had a knack and uh, an ability to find new trends. So he started Maramel to create apps, uh, to design them and develop them. And then when me and Natasha got on board, we were able to offer services and create really a turnkey solution for many 
businesses. Did you guys start at the same time? Uh, no, I started earlier than Jonathan. Yeah, and then I and I joined the team about a year later. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your background before then? Well, so I studied communications at Concordia. So from like a more educational standpoint, I had the more, um, how would you say, communications background, I guess. <laughs> and uh, Kind of like in a journalism side of things or in more of a marketing role? Um, no, more like production. So okay. film, um, graphic design, branding, um, storytelling with anything digital. So it was easy for me to come in because I had already been doing a lot of production. And I also, I'm a photographer by trade, so I already knew how to do a lot of content. So at the company, I do social media strategy and marketing in general for the online world. And so when I, um, when I came in, a big um, advantage that I had was that I could create beautiful content for a lot of our clients. And not only me, but like the rest of our team, because Jonathan also specializes in video, Enrique does as well. Um, yeah. So, and, and Jonathan, what was your background before you came in? Yeah, right so, out of school or? Um, not really. Uh, so my role at Marimel is client relations and business development. Uh, so I come from a human relations background at school. Uh, and that really taught me how to listen to people and to be empathetic and put myself in their shoes. Um, so then I went to real estate management. And I was dealt with the cards where I had to deal with landlords and tenants. So the tenants always wanted more. They wanted renovations. They wanted you to spend more money. And the landlords wanted less. So I had to find middle ground and always mediate the situation, which is great for business development. All, all, <laughs> all about the negotiation. Yeah. And Natasha, you actually had an interesting start before you uh, before you joined as well, where you yeah. were kind of worked on the campaign for uh, a famous politician. So when we come back from the break, we'll chat about that and some of the lessons you learned from there. Today's entrepreneur on CJAD 800, our guests this evening, Natasha and Jonathan Lowney of Marimel Solutions. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. In conversation with Natasha and Jonathan Lowney of Marimel Solutions, uh, they are a uh, web marketing and design company. And Natasha, you uh, had some pretty interesting experience uh, perfecting your social media skills with a very popular politician. Yes, I did. I was working with uh, Justin Trudeau for his leadership campaign. I think it was in 2013, 14. So I was part of the social media team. I think we were about um, five people in the room. So Tara Hunt was our main strategist. And then I took care of all the community management and all the community manager managers across the nation. Must have been quite an intense period of time. Yeah. Is, is there, you know... What you learned out of that, what you bring today to Marimel Solutions from yeah. a social media standpoint, would there be a kind of top one or two things that you learned 100%. from there to come in to, into this? Um, number one le lesson I learned, and I, my mentor, Tara Hunt, was really the one who taught it to me, was to just keep it real. Uh, everybody online just wants to be real with each other. And so that's kind of what I my philosophy is for my clients, to find out what their best assets are really not to fake anything and just bring out the best in them. So how much do you find that customers kind of do want to fake it versus be genuine? Do you have to, you find yourself kind of fighting, negotiating with your clients to say, Hey, you know what? I don't think you should go in that direction. I really need to keep you 
in line, so to speak? I know. That's a good question. We have... I, we try to find clients who have the same mentality as us, which is why we're very um, focused on picking the right type of client, somebody who understands what their edge is and wants to focus on that. And then it's a little bit harder with the ones that don't understand and want to fake it and have that older mentality of just advertise, ad- advertise, I'm really good at this, but yet you're not. So um, there's a lot of communication between my clients um, and we're... We're always strategizing. Have you ever said no to a customer? Yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Uh, at the early stages, or you kind of learned that a, a little bit in? A little bit in, for sure. At the early stages, we we found out a little bit too late, uh, and we should have uh, we should have found that out a little bit too a little earlier. Uh, so now we we see trends that, that we know to say no or to say yes to. And I get listen. There's there's a whole learning experience, and you guys are are fairly young, and we'll kind of tackle that a little bit. And yeah. and if customers kind of look at you and go, "What the heck do you know at at, at this age?" <laughs> but uh, you know I mean, what? I think it's an advantage for it sure. It is. And and when we come back from the break, we'll kind of talk about your experience after that. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by F.L. Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with F.L.'s Josh Miller. And our guests this evening, Natasha and Jonathan Lowney of Maramel Solutions. Uh, They are uh, an agency that does social media and web marketing. And uh, guys, you're both very young, uh, and this is something that I faced as, as a young entrepreneur myself. Do you ever get clients that say, how old are you? Are you really, do you guys really have the expertise to do this? And, and what's your answer to, to, that, to that skeptical um, client? Well, I find that when you're doing business, a lot of the time you're doing business with people. Uh, so at the end of the day, um, you can sign any kind of contract, you can sign any paper, but when they're doing business with you, they're trusting that you're going to deliver something. And one of the things that I always do is that, um, and what I respect is my word. Uh, that's one of the things that I only have. Um, so I think they recognize that. And don't get me wrong, when we go to a, to a client and it's a big client, it's very intricate. I do tend to bring my whole team and we have a great portfolio as well. So that helps too. Yeah. And our team is comprised of people that are all types of ages. So we're not the eldest people on the team <laughs> by far yeah now speaking of your team i mean human resources plays a big role you know you're we all talk about a lot of entrepreneurs talk about the the the, the magic of the team around them and you can't really do anything alone so h- how many people are you at maribel now so in-house we're about uh six seven and then we have um oh, yeah. a bunch of people that work from home so we're i would say what we're about 12 yeah. So yeah. How, yeah. so was it was it tough to find these people and and when you find them what do you look for is it well one of the things that's extremely important especially in a creative environment is to um, let creative flow we can't be negative or else we're 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 dead I mean we're selling ideas so it's one of the most important things and what we always stress to all our employees is to be always open and uh, let creative creative people do their thing the culture did the culture because your your dad started it, you joined afterwards. Did the culture change a lot after you guys came in, or was it? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how much did it flow from one to the other. Well, we have very similar values, so the values always stayed the same, and um, we treat all of our our entire team like family. So I don't think the culture changed that much. Maybe the way of doing things has changed and the structure of it, but the values are still there. 
no as they should be and and I mean, culture is something, I mean, you're a small enough group so you can kind of maintain culture. Those that work from home, do you find it's hard to keep them part of your culture? Do you kind of bring them into the fold every now and then? No, we're always really honest with our entire team and we take some time to talk to them about their personal life and what they're going through so that we really understand their situation. But a big um, value that we want our entire team to respect is health. Um, and I think that comes also with our generation and our age. We place a lot of value on work and life balance. So I think that's something that changed also. And we make sure that our entire team is, you know, working out, eating healthy, is happy at work, is communicating properly. So even at the odd crunch times. Yeah. Well, yeah. at the crunch times, we all work together to really pump out the work. Yeah. But, uh, one of the one way. of the things that we do at the end of every day, especially to family business, is uh, give each other a hug. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's very important. I mean, sometimes you you, you disagree, and at the end of the day, we're family. So not just the two of you, the whole team. <laughs> the whole like team. We give a, a big group yeah. hug. <laughs> not in the hippy dippy kind of way. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, weed is going to become legal, yeah. you know, oh kind of now, so you just never know. Exactly. <laughs> so, how do, you, how do you solve a, a problem if, if you're deadlocked uh, with with family? How do you solve that, and how do you get through that? Oh, we wow. honestly, we embrace conflict. I we think that everybody has an opinion, and it's important to hear about it. But then, when it gets to crunch time, we say, "Okay, we have to make a decision." who wants to do it and who doesn't want to do it. And then we voice the opinions and somehow we always manage to make a decision. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah. Now you guys, social media, marketing, branding, what do you guys do to market yourselves? I mean, (laughs) what, what has worked for you or has there been a disaster or something that just doesn't really, you know, click at the end of the day? Um, No disasters to date. That's something I learned in politics, how to, you know, not have any disasters happen. But I think we have a really nice reputation in the community and we have uh, really good friends and really nice clients that like to spread the word about what we do. One of the things that I always do is relationships. Um, Agencies nowadays, you hear them popping up every day and then you also hear them closing down. Uh, so one of the big things is relationships, and that's what that's what I do. That's what I do to, Managing to for them. marketing. Yeah. Now you you got into this business. You started offering uh, different services. You know, your your dad was more on the video side, and you're you've added to it. Uh, you you come into the business fresh, lots of ideas, but you still gotta price things. You still gotta go in. I mean, you're 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 kind of delivering this this service that you haven't delivered before. How do you go about pricing? And you know, do you look at your competition? How much do you keep tabs on them? Yeah. At first, it was we were losing money. <laughs> we didn't price them properly, um, but uh, we recognized that that was on our end. So a lot of the times, we we would bite the bullet, and even still, for the for the for the sake of the of the business to go forward um, and to keep keep growing, we often take the responsibility and we and we learn from it. If we didn't price something properly, exactly. Yeah, but we really focus on maintaining a good relationship mm-hmm. with our clients, and our prices are very competitive, which is good for our clients yeah. so, so do you do you do you monitor your competition um to a certain extent i think we have really nice results so i try not to focus on competition too much kind of what i learned from politics too i just i have a good feeling and i keep going and i just listen to my instincts and i talk a lot to the people that i can trust and ask for their feedback so stay true to your strategy and keep moving forward yeah but keep the open mind i guess because for sure you, so with your team around you do you kind of have formal meetings do you brainstorm often uh, yeah is it very informal you know before the hug at the end of the day <laughs> yeah I think you know we try to have a nice balance between formalities and informalities because creative people don't like being put in a box so we try to keep it 
pretty yeah yeah we, we 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 try to do operations i mean that's one of a big aspect to to making a business successful um nat <laughs> always gets angry at me because i because i always go into her office and i come up with a great great idea and she says <laughs> i'm working here uh so processes are, are a big challenge but they're they're the key to the success yeah now you are a second generation business yeah uh you have different roles the two of you your dad how do you do you complement each other like how does that work when you first came in and now now that you've been in there several years so I think we complement each other. Surprisingly, we have a bunch of different talents, so we complement each other really nicely. Yeah, yeah. Um, my dad, and we're very lucky, he loves encouraging young people to succeed. Yeah. Uh, so he always encourages both of us to do it ourselves and to, um, to try out. And if we fail, we fail, but we learn from it. So that's, that's one of the things that we're, we're very, very happy. Yeah. So he's not so much of the uh, dictatorial role. He really no. kind of lets, no, you, lets no. you flourish. Yeah. And he doesn't yeah. come out and say, I told you so. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But which is a little bit scary too when you have that kind of leader because you have to work that much harder to figure out things on your own. He doesn't really yeah. give us the answers at all. So we work very long hours working to uh, grow a business and We'll do it on our own, I guess. Now, would, now, would you say that he's that he's more of a mentor, and you go to him for questions, and it's yeah. and it is a collaborative nature? Or do you feel mm-hmm. you have to prove yourself? No, I think he's a mentor, and he's really supportive. At, at least for me. Yeah, yeah. He always gets the morale up, no matter what, and that's one of the things that I uh, that I'm that I'm proud of to have him there. But um, no, he's he's very supportive. That's great. And there's no question that at some point, you know, there's, there is a transition of business that comes along and, yeah. and it is uh, it is a corporation, an entity, and it does have to pass along at some point. So that, that will take its time, I'm sure, as, uh, as everybody gets comfortable and as, you know, estate planning comes into it. And we'll use that, Dan, as our segue to go into, uh, of course, the next topic, which, you know, we see it often, often, often where you have these businesses, these second, third, fourth generations transfer to one another. But you can't ignore the tax man. The government is still looking to to find its ways to get its claws in family wealth, and uh, and I think uh, that's that's a challenge that many entrepreneurs face. So Nick Moretta's tax partner at FL is coming up next to talk about that, and Natasha and Jonathan Lowney. Uh, stick around; we'll have your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur on the way. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL's Josh Miller with you. We're joined by Natasha and Jonathan Lowney of Maramel Solutions. We'll have their one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur coming up in a few minutes. But first, we're joined by Nick Moraitis, tax partner at Fuller Landau, uh, to talk a bit about family businesses, the transition, the estate planning. Welcome back, Nick. Hi there. Thank you. So, and Josh, it's, it, it can get complicated, but uh, there are some there are some tax benefits for there, family businesses. There is no doubt it's a minefield, and, and so much so that we've had this topic on several times before, but we never get tired of hearing Nick talk about this, uh, at least about this topic anyways. Well, well, and bus- Nick is really looking forward to the group hug uh, after the show, <laughs> and this is his inspiration to talk about this. <laughs> but Nick the is, old guy, yes. Okay. Pick- Business succession, uh, Josh, is, I guess, our, our bread and butter. Uh, it's, that's what we are all about. Because uh, business succession can happen uh, by simply selling the business, but what we tend to see quite a few times is the, the entrepreneurs looking to uh, bring in family to continue the business down down the road, 
And uh, it's not just tax, which was always my message. Tax is just part of it. Um, and this is where your your the, the advisors such as Josh who are work who know the client probably a lot better than the tax people get involved to strategize how is this business going to continue, um, what is involved with your 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 involvement in in the business as well and some of the thinking that goes on should they go outside and get some experience and then come in should they train from the you know sweep the floors until they become the uh, president and CEO but at some point in time the question that comes in the hard question that comes in uh, children can be involved in the family business. Do it, just working exactly like you are, and have no shares, no no equity, no no anything. But I don't think that works uh, for the children, and, and it may work very fine for the the founders, but not for the children taking over. It might so, work short term, but ultimately that's there right. has to be some ownership to you know that's to, right. have, to at, really at, have the skin in the game. That's right. At some point in time, you start talking about either tra- transferring your ownership which is usually a tax, and that's when the tax people come in. But there's also the important thing of transferring the leadership. Which is when usually you're sitting and and going uh, discussing that, and then ultimately transferring the control, which also is a tax and and, and uh, an advisor interest. So that's the that business succession planning doesn't happen a couple of weeks before the the founder wants to retire on the beach. It has to happen years before, and it has to involve you as well in in the whole process and understanding what is your role going into it, and at what point in time do these events uh, happen. So when we look at it from a tax now, now I'm purely tax, and we're saying, okay, how are we going to accomplish this? Um, I guess the simplest way is uh, the uh, your dad or mom call you up and say, okay, my company's worth X, buy me, and then you're stuck having you know finance and all that stuff. What I- happens if they don't have the money for it? Well, that's why there's banks, or that's why we don't tend to sometimes do that, and because the parents also don't want to put the the business uh, uh, under the gun, having their children taking over, and you're doing it probably at a younger age than you would normally have done it, and having a bank all of a sudden coming in, and is, does the bank have the uh, the confidence in you to to finance the, your cash flow? So we then look at other other means, and that's where estate freezes come in, where the 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 founders are looking down the road. This is a strategic move. Let me set my wealth aside at whatever I'm worth today in my company. Let's organize something for the future so that I can I can transfer something that will not put a financial burden on on the children or sometimes not even children, Josh. It could be sometimes on the company itself. It, that's right. So we we look at estate freezes, the, the classic one of the, what we call the freeze with the introduction of a family trust. Uh, the family trust allows the owner to continue the control because it's very important. Uh, uh, that control is, is very important. And it defers the decision as to who is going to get what because usually the children are coming in, but children may not want to continue. Or maybe the children want to go in and are very happy doing a certain task, but it is not the leadership task. So no question, there's a, there's a flexibility aspect that is huge. And when we come back from the break, yes. we'll talk a little bit more about the flexibility. And of course, Dan, there, one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur That's from correct. Natasha and Jonathan Lowney. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Natasha and Jonathan Lowney's one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur is on the way. But first, in conversation with F.L.'s Nick Moretis about uh, family businesses and uh, ensuring that uh, the tax situation is as beneficial as it could be. All right. And Nick, you've seen a lot of tax rules. You live and breathe it every day. There's got to be something out there that bugs you about this intergenerational transfer. There is. Uh, I mentioned it before. Um, I can sell, or sorry, your 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 dad. I'm looking at you two. Your dad could sell his business to a complete stranger, 
and we can organize it uh, that he can cash out a certain sum of money uh, equivalent to what we call the capital gains deduction tax-free. The, the buyer would organize the acquisition in a tax-efficient manner, uh, and, and everybody's happy and they walk away. That doesn't work in a family situation. Uh, if, if you want to buy out your dad, uh, and let's say you do have the, the means to do it, um, we can't, I can't use the same strategies that we would use for uh, an arm's length uh, par party. I know there's been concern that uh, because within a related group or, or a non-arm's length group that you might get some abuse, but at the same time it's kind of, it gets punitive, particularly since all we ever read in the business journals is that there's a, a huge amount of boomers retiring and this is businesses that are going down to the children and we cannot do that in a tax efficient way. So it's a minefield that you really got to watch out for. And it's a for. pet peeve. And as we approach the last moment of the show, thank you very much, Nick. As we approach the last moment of the show, we'll turn to Jonathan and Natasha and ask you, what would each of you, what would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? Um, so my piece of advice is um, people do business with people. At the end of the day, um, when someone's going to hire you or is going to choose your company, they're going to believe that you're going to be able to deliver that project on time and on budget and what you promised. So stay, to, stay true to yourself. Uh, believe in your product. And, uh, and your yeah. word is your bond. Exactly. Great. Natasha? Um, I would say to be, my piece of advice would be to make sure that the service that you're selling is really bringing results to your clients because that's never going to get old for them. And surround yourself with uh, a really good team that you can trust and that trust you. And the same thing goes for clients that trust you and that you trust them. And then, uh, I mean, they're, they're always great, great words of wisdom. I'll say the little takeaway, and it's always, it's always subtle in some of the discussion, is uh, that uh, that these two, this brother and sister team, uh, seem fearless, and a lot of entrepreneurs uh, try and put their fears aside, or they might bury them. They might be, you know, scared to death sometimes. Uh, a little hug at the end of the day will help. Uh, but 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 a, you know, a little bit of fearlessness. Uh, go out what you're after and what you really truly believe in and uh, and you absolutely can be a success. Natasha and Jonathan Lowney of Marimel Solutions, thanks very much guys for stopping by and best of luck. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And thanks to Nick Moretis, of Good course night. with Wisdom on Taxes. Next week, Josh, you're, you'll be off in Hong Kong. Yeah, but uh, Mike Newton will uh, be sitting in in my stead uh, and it's going to be a great show. Maybe I'll even call in from Hong Kong. Great, yes. Uh, DocuPlus will be our profile next week on Today's Entrepreneur. Have a good night.